previously on Follow the Leader. As we open up on the first scene of our first episode of this show, the sight that we see is a silhouette moving in the dark against a window. He's sneaking through what seems to be a very elaborate, very out-of-place looking Greco-Roman marble building in the middle of this fairly forested environment. And as he passes passes these windows, you just see the reflection. You see you see the silhouette of his hair as he is ducking around and sneaking. And as he kneels down in silhouette in front of a chest, he lights a small flame atop one finger to see by, and you see Sabriel's face illuminated. So I think this scene is probably later and i'm thinking it might not be like it might be the next day where uh and stop me if uh you don't like this idea sam but it might be the next day where like my character galador finds sabriel like pouring over the scrolls i'm going to say that like at the end of this interrogation, Galador is just like, who is Akanta? And the uh, bounty hunter slash assassin just kind of like laughs a little and spits blood in Galador's face. And that's what we end on. Hell yeah. Oh, I, I almost wanted to end on after getting no information, Galador stabs them. But that's cool, too. Just ending on the spitting in the face is good, too. I don't know. Would Galador do that? Would Galador be like, all right, now I'm putting you out of your misery because we can't let you talk? Oh, Galador would definitely, would definitely, like, snap that dude's neck, but I didn't want to have it on camera. Oh, I like that, actually. That's good. I like, I like it better being left up to the audience's imagination exactly how Galador Ooh. dispatches this person. I like it. We now return to your game, already in progress. All right. So that's the end of episode two. Do we want to do our after show? Are we keeping the after show in the episodes or are we doing that, releasing them like, or um, I guess like, like having them be like their own separate episode, maybe? Or no, like, I a think, Patreon I think I'll thing? keep, I think I'll keep the after show in the episode. Okay. Good to know. All right. So discussion and analysis. Are there things we didn't like that we want to go back and change? Not really. Yeah, I feel like that was that was pretty solid. Yeah. Um, are there things we want to do less of but don't need to change? N not really. I think that was pretty solid. What do we like best and want to lean into in the future? The emotions. The drama. Yeah. 
I'm like making a hand gesture. I'm not on camera, but you know, I'm just like, yes. The like, mm-hmm. okay, the like, the okay hand, the like, mwah, chef kiss, like, yes, the drama, the emotions. Good shit. Good shit. Um, what cool themes or storylines are developing? Many. Yeah. I think, I think we've got a good storyline developing with like tying in what's happening to the children with what we're trying to uncover. Mm-hmm. And I can't wait to try to bring in, I don't know if next episodes, you know, we'll see what the dice say about next episode and what we're bringing in as far as like the big conspiracy is concerned, but mm-hmm. should be good. Should be good. I, I think it would be interesting for us to figure out what their intentions are with this, you know, larger entity that is beyond mortal ken. Is it, are there, are the intentions of this, this sort of, this, this is something to keep in mind to like discover during play is like, are the, are, is there the intention towards this mysterious, like overarching figure? Um, I, w- it, are they, looking is this something that they worship or something that they fear or something that they desire to conquer Mm -hmm. are they are they reaching beyond their limits out of love or out of hate and i think that's something that's going to be interesting to discover during play that's a an interesting like sort of arc question to answer yeah definitely are we only doing three episodes we might we might need four who knows yeah Well, uh, we'll see. I mean, at this yeah. point, just looking at the time and looking at the way that we've been going, I think we can we can angle for four episodes. Awesome. All right. So I believe it is your cold open this time. Woohoo. Here we go. Uh, that's just one die, right? Mm-hmm. Four. Character wrestles with their private life. Woo. There's a couple of directions this could go. Juicy character wrestles with their private life. Oh, I'm like sitting here smiling because I'm like, I know what I want to do, but like, I don't know how I want to do it. Because mm. like, obviously this is, um, looking back up, ah, you have three suspense, but I don't yet. Motherfucker. Because I wanted to reveal one of my small secrets but i cannot yet do so yep hmm which i could be like can i just borrow a suspense from you no (laughs) (laughs) well you know what if it's about your character we can reveal the same truth about your character that i have that i wanted to reveal and we shall (laughs) simply make it about galador wrestling with blade's private life Hmm. We don't have to do that though, but it is funny. I mean, let me let me pitch it to you like this. Okay. Because you don't have to reveal the secret to to show that Sabriel is wrestling with it. Hmm, that's true. So, I don't know if we're still at the hovel. I think maybe it's it's probably prudent that we not be. Yeah, um, there's a lot of dead bodies in that in that alleyway now, and uh, we've saved the family. We've, I think, probably. So okay, at the end of our last episode, what we had was a bunch of dead bodies, a completely like completely knocked out Sabriel, and then Galador interrogating, and then killing somebody. Mm-hmm. This episode opens, how much time do we think has passed since the last episode? Not much, but no. enough that we've found, enough that we found somewhere else. Um, we, di- we didn't get that child back to their family though. <laughs> and I feel like Sabriel probably wouldn't want to rest until that happened. I mean, that's fine. That can still be something that we work towards. That's true. That's just, that, that can simply be a, a loose thread to pull on later. So. Sabriel is probably a little bit wiped from the amount of power that they used in fighting off like five dudes. I think, yeah, I think I said at the end that it was like four people, but I think there were five total, four of them he killed, one he kept alive. And I think that the 
restraint of keeping one of of not just obliterating all of them is what drained him. And so he's now, I think, at the beginning of this episode, kind of like sick in bed. And Galibar might be needing to take care of him. But he's like real pissed about having to stay in bed, too. He's like he's like the worst patient in the world. He's like, I'm fine. I can get up. I, I should be studying. I should be doing something right now. How dare you keep me confined to this space? How dare you keep me here? You know as well as I do that I have things that need to be getting done. And Galador's just like, you may have things that you need to be getting done, but first among them is resting. And like, Blade folds up like a oh, a damp cloth and puts it on Sabriel's forehead and like kind of puts a hand on Sabriel's chest to kind of like keep them in the bed. It's very obvious that Sabriel is struggling very hard not to lean into this touch, but to stay firm in the please give me my scrolls back. I can read and study just as well from bed as I can from a desk. I can't just sit here and doing nothing. You aren't doing nothing. You're recovering, and that's plenty. Looks real mad about that. Doesn't feel like plenty. Feels like I'm wasting time. That child could be, could be anywhere by now. The answer to where they are is going to be in there. He's pointing at the bag of scrolls hanging off the, I don't know, back of a chair. What kind of environment have we found ourselves in this time? I think maybe this is like, we're on the outskirts of town again. This is maybe an abandoned hut near a stream. So we've got some cool running water. Or maybe it's like a a cabin that is only used part of the year and whoever's using Ooh. it, uh, whoever's it is, is not currently using it. So it's it's furnished. It's a hunting cabin. Yeah. I like that. There's probably only one bed. That's fine. Galador can sleep on the floor. You need your rest. God damn it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there was only one bed in the last place, and Sabriel was sleeping on a pile of, like, straw-filled bags. So <laughs> they take turns, I guess. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so <sighs> Sabriel just looks, like, frustrated and, like, for a second, like, tries to, like, pull Galador's hand off of their chest. And does not succeed because they don't have a lot of muscles. <laughs> not their strong suit. <laughs> and Galador kind of sighs and just says, Your faculties are what need resting. Your power isn't drawn through physicality alone. I can read just as well as you, and I can let you know what I find, but you need to be resting. Please, friend, just let me read. I promise I won't get out of bed. She's trying a new tactic. Um, he's like, I promise I won't leave this bed. All I'll do is sit here and read and be very quiet. I promise you I won't over, over no overtaxing myself. You have to understand how important this is. I can't let them do that to another child. If there's any power, if there's any way I have the power to prevent it, I cannot allow this to happen again. Please, my friend. Galador sighs and kind of grumbles a little and goes and gets a single scroll and hands it to Sabriel and says, fine. Thank you. When Galador's back is turned, there's a little like fist bump, like, yes! Um, <laughs> uh, and then Sabriel, you know, very quickly is composed again. Thank you, my friend. As soon as I finish this one, I'll return it to you and you can get me another. And, you know, starts reading immediately. <laughs> Should that be the end of the scene? Yeah, I was like, that's a good little end of the scene. That was good because it's like struggling with their private life. Actually, you know what? I'm going to take a point of suspense because I'm foreshadowing some stuff and also giving my character, like, my character has a hint of the truth behind the case, I guess. Mm-hmm. Also, I don't know, that might have complicated my relationship with you just a little bit <laughs> by being a little bit manipulative, manipulative. You can only take two suspense in an episode, though. Ah, I see. Uh, well, I mean, this is my first one. I'm only taking one. I'm not taking okay. more than one suspense token for the same action. Okay, okay. 
I was just like, how many, how many ways, how many ways could I justify taking a token right now? Hmm? <laughs> That's what I was going for. All right, cool. All right, time for goal setting. Hell yeah. A you new get to roll avenue. For Ooh. Yeah, a new Sorry. avenue for investigation presents itself and your characters follow it. Ooh. So I guess there was something in that scroll that uh, Galador gave Sabriel. Ha-ha. It appears that that is correct. So now I have to decide what the fuck was in there. Give me a moment. <laughs> no problem. I'm just going to set the scene as we're n- no longer in the cabin. This is this is maybe a couple of days later. Mm. And we're in town again, moving through the streets. I think that we're specifically looking for something. This is maybe, you know, close to dusk. The lamplighters are going around uh, making sure that, you know, the, the streets are lit. But there's still a fair number of people milling about and we are headed towards somewhere specific i don't know where we're headed towards but we're headed there specific and we're headed there awesome we're headed somewhere specific based on information that i found in one of these scrolls one of the non-encrypted ones Mm -hmm. so perhaps one of the locations where these experiments that we have been alluding to have taken place. Ooh. Like a local a local black site almost. Yeah. Like a location like a, you know, a local orphanage. Mm-hmm. Because that I think is well, something that I had privately established as being one of the one of the places where this happens. Cause they need a lot. Of very powerful mages. Mm-hmm. So, so is this the the site of this orphanage? Is this still an actively used orphanage, or is this orphanage shut down? I believe it may be. Sh- I think I think it's shut down because I think they don't keep these things up for very long in one place. I think mm-hmm. they get through one. I would say class, quote unquote, of mages, and then move on to another town. Mm-hmm. And ship children in from from afar to this one town where there's this orphanage and the children are orphans. You know, they try to keep them in larger towns where not everybody can possibly know everyone, where it's not unusual for a random child who belongs to nobody to show up and be brought to the orphanage. That makes sense. Yeah. So this is one that has been shut down for a couple of years at this point. Not long enough ago that it could have anything to do with our heroes. But long enough ago that nobody's really looking at it anymore. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I have found the location of of where the experiments that are documented in the papers we have took place. And we are going there to investigate and see if we can find any other leads from there. I think that we get there and we have to find a way in because it's boarded up and we don't want to draw too much attention to ourselves, but I think when we get in, it's... You say we as though Sabriel would consider this at all instead of just blasting the door open. Or rather, if that would not be what Sabriel does if not prevented from doing so. (laughs) Galador would prevent Sabriel from causing a scene because that is (laughs) not helpful. Yeah, yeah, no... Sabriel doesn't think things through very much, but yeah, so so there's definitely a scene of, like, Sabriel goes to, like, lift the staff and bring it down, and Galador reaches out, puts a hand over, over Sabriel's head, like, no. Yeah. No. The fewer eyes we have on us, the better. This way. And Galador guides uh, Sabriel around back to a boarded-up door and just, like, produces a pry bar from somewhere. And uh, pulls a couple of boards off the the door frame to uh, open the door just enough to let them both in. Sabriel follows and uh, ducks into the room. Do we want to have this whole episode be us, you know, investigating this place? Or do we want the investigation to find something immediately 
that is a problem that we have to then solve. I th- I think that it will be good to see where the next scene takes us to kind of determine mm. how this goes, because I think either one of them has value. It's true. Yeah. It, it really just depends on where the dice bring us. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, oh, is it my turn now? Yes. Yes. Okay, it is. I get to roll two of these. All right. I got a five and a three. You have to rush to hide your secret. Oof. Roblox kid. Oof. Noise plays here. <laughs> Oof. My roommate has a fucking soundboard app on her phone. <laughs> she does that sometimes. Oh, my God. Fuck. All right. Well, perhaps what I said earlier was incorrect then. Yeah, I... I have a secret that I could, I have enough suspense to reveal a secret that uh, could be a problem. Because what I was going to say was, I could rescind what I said about the time frame of when this was abandoned. Yeah, and that's give, what I was thinking. Yeah, and give Sabriel a really good reason to hide a secret, but also um, a really hard time doing that. Because if this is where... If this place is connected to Sabriel's backstory, they're going to have a much harder time in this space than, than previously thought. So I think maybe there may be records here that Sabriel very quickly, like, as Sabriel is going through, maybe we're in different rooms and Sabriel is going through and lets out like a, <gasps> and immediately crumples the scroll, shoves it into the bottom of their bag. And looks around frantically to make sure that Galador is not around. I think we cut to Galador's in the other room, or in a different room, and uh, is browsing through some sheafs of, like, loose sheafs of parchment. Blade's not really looking for anything in particular. Mostly Blade's just kind of, like, trying to keep an eye out for the term Akanta. But Galador hears that gasp. And, like, doesn't come running, but, like, comes into the room quickly. And I think that the room that Sabriel has been investigating is some sort of primitive, I wouldn't say operating room, but it is clearly where some of these experiments took place. And these records were left behind, it seems, in a hurry. Mm -hmm. But there are pieces of medical equipment, medical equipment, you know pieces of mm-hmm. primitive medical equipment this is supposed to be like very early you know there's there's a whole lot of like funky shaped glassware and like pokey proddy bits pokey proddy bits needles i think probably like a glass needle like a hollow glass needle is something that would be very possible for them in this mm-hmm. in this sort of setting and so there's probably quite a lot of those and sabriel looks very shaken He's very, very pale, paler than usual, which is already, I mean, like, this guy does not see a lot of sun. He's got, his skin is, like, waxy. Not mm-hmm. super, super pale, but, like, unhealthy, darker, like, 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 you know, mid-tone. Mm-hmm. If it's hard to describe. He's, he's, he always looks a little grayish. Yeah. But right now, he's, he's, like, much worse than usual. Hands shaking, eyes a little wild, and he's gonna try to play it off like nothing's wrong. He's gonna go, uh, nothing. I was just, um, surprised. I knocked, um, I knocked, I knocked something over. He g- gives a sort of unsteady smile. Galador looks to see if anything is knocked over, sees that there is not anything knocked over, does not say anything. I mean, I'm gonna be real. There's a lot of things that ha- that are askew in this room. It looks like it was left in a hurry, and like people grabbed what they thought was important and left, but a lot was left behind. So like, it's not yeah. necessarily in pristine order. But there's nothing that was knocked over within the last five minutes. That's for sure. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like everything yeah. that's knocked over is probably covered in dust. So there's nothing that that looks like it has recently been put out of place. But Blade doesn't say anything. Blade just says. Well, keep keep your head about you. I don't trust our position to be completely unknown to those who would want to see us harmed. I can say that again. Goes back to shuffling through the fantasy filing cabinet. 
that's the, that's the best way I could describe what 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 Sabriel's going through is, or I guess the 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 shelf full of scrolls that he's been you know opening, skimming, and putting in his bag. You know, if it looks important, if it's like he's not keeping specific patient files, as far as Galador can tell, mm-hmm. he's looking for aggregates of data or something that has something more than just how one person responded to whatever experiments they were conducting here. Makes sense. Hmm. All right. Step two, your turn. Step two. I got four and four, which means I seek proof of my hunch. Hmm. Mm. What is your hunch right now? So after going through all of this stuff, I was under the assumption, and I'm going to take a suspense because I'm showing that I'm operating under the incorrect belief. Mm. I was under the assumption that Akanta referred to a person, but it's actually a code name for (gasps) something. And I find a reference to it in Mm. some of the papers that I've been going through. And Galador calls Sabriel over and holds out a piece of paper that is uh, a little water damaged, but otherwise perfectly legible. And at the top, it says Project Akanta. And it doesn't seem to have anything to do with the experiments at all. Interesting. It's actually speaking of rituals that don't have, you know, it doesn't have anything to do with with children or anything like that. It's just a certain specific ritual. There's not much on the single page that Galador pulled out, but, you know, never never too late or never too soon to start foreshadowing like uh, Eldritch Terrors in the offing. Mm-hmm. Exciting. <sighs> I'm thinking about like, I've got my ideas of, like, how exactly uh, Sabriel's backstory connects to this place and, and, and exactly what what the role of the children is there, mm-hmm. because this ties in very well. Like, it doesn't have anything to do with children. You are correct. That is part of what I was thinking as well. This is fascinating. This is really cool. I love how, how our minds are, like, meshing so well here. It's good and- shit. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I mean, when, when Sabriel like takes this sheet of paper, he reads it very quickly and he just sort of nods. I've realized that Sabriel might have known what a conto was this whole time. Whoops. Sabriel might have known some of the stuff, but might not have yeah. known like the code name. He also may have only ever seen it written down and never spoken out loud. Mm hmm. And assumed it was pronounced completely differently. Mm-hmm. Um, and realizes that there is a big connection here. So I guess this is Sabriel making a connection between seemingly unrelated facts. Sounds good. Oh, yeah. Seemingly unrelated things. Up in the suspense. Hell yeah. I have enough suspense to reveal one of my small secrets. You do. I won't yet, but I have enough. That's exciting. Hell yeah. Oh, is it my turn again? No, wait. Oh, it is. Okay. I was like, I was like, fuck, I can't remember whose turn it is anymore because we're both doing so much like work on each other's turns because like we're doing, we're so like mind melded right now. It's hard to keep track. All right. Uh, I'm just going to go right to left in the order that they fell in. And so a five and a three. I have to rush to have my secret again. If you want to re-roll, I'd say yeah. go for or it. Or I can just go three and five. Three, five, yeah. Yeah. So you seek something you wish you weren't seeking. That's fun. Oh, boy. That's fun. So I think that Sabriel is going to find a scrap of a note hastily written. He is going to look at it and go, crumple it in his hand and say, I believe I know where we need to go next. And he's going to throw it on the floor and it's going to catch fire like as it's falling in like this roar of like a small explosion. 
be completely obliterated before it even hits the ground in this like show of extreme emotion mm-hmm. of an attempt of controlling that emotion that is not doing great but is certainly not like screaming or having an anxiety attack it is simply a flare of power released in a moment of anger and he turns and goes and heads for the door and says come on I know where we have to go. All right. Galador follows. Hell yeah. Now I, the player, have to figure out where they have to go. Um, I know it has to do something with, like, there's a central college of mages. Because, of course, mages is an, are an academic, you know, there's there's a whole system in place. You know, this is a very bureaucratic empire. Empires run on paperwork. So there is, you know, there's there's a whole academic system that Sabriel was a part of that certainly was fed from the orphanage that he grew up in into the college or into, you know, mage school, basically. Yeah. And he's setting out for the uh, capital city's head college. I think that's where that's where he's realizing he has to seek something he wishes he wasn't seeking because he's looking for a very specific person from his past that I think he was hoping wasn't involved. Makes sense. Up until this point, had assumed was not involved. All right. Tilt time. Tilt time. Five. The suspicion is proved right. There we go. There was a name on a piece of paper. And my buddy boy fucking destroyed it. The note, as an aside, was uh, informing somebody who was still in town where to find them next. But the information is so outdated that the only thing that really matters is the person who this note was for. Mm -hmm. Because Sabriel knows where they are now. So I guess we might even skip all the way to like... You know, we mount up and ride out, and the next scene is Sabriel bursting into this person's office as this person is, as this the university professor who was a mentor, Sabriel, somebody who Sabriel looked up to greatly, and also just, you know, somebody that Sabriel had loved very much. Mm-hmm. And the first thing out of his mouth is, how could you? Would you like to play the man whose name I haven't come up with yet? Yeah. Let's go for... Tiberius. Tiberius. Very fun. Also, did you see what I just DM'd you? No, I didn't. Oh my god. Anyways, perfect. Let's head out. Let's start. Let's go. I've given you very much context in one sentence. Now you know exactly what to do with this character. (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay. Okay. So, Sabriel opens the scene. Door slams open. I don't know if Galador's behind him or not, but eyes ablaze. How could you? They haven't seen each other in years. I think Tiberius is probably, like, a shorter man. He's graying maybe a receding hairline has like half moon spectacles looks very much the the image of a professor Mm. and uh he's like looking at something and looks up over the half moon spectacles and the camera catches a little bit of shock on his face before he like tries to cover it up with congeniality and and is just like sabriel It's been so long. Don't play games with me. How could you? He slams his hand down on uh, Tiberius's desk and approaches. And he is like barely containing the power that is boiling under his skin. (sighs) And Tiberius is like obviously feigning ignorance while not so subtly like reaching under the desk for something and is just like i i don't know what you're talking about i've 
you know, done many things in my life. Sabriel's going to take their staff, which, you know, they've had slung over their back or in their hands this entire time, never more than a foot away from them. And they are going to use it as a physical, like a weapon to slam it down on Tiberius's hands to prevent them from reaching, prevent him from reaching for whatever he's reaching for. And all he's going to say is, I've been to the facility. I've been to the orphanage and shit, we never came up with a name for the town we've spent the entire time up until this point in. Mm. I mean, that's very on brand for us. <laughs> shit. Um, uh, fuck. <laughs> Hang on. Awesome. Um, that was a mistake. Never mind. <laughs> we've been talking about like Icelandic, uh, you tried to look up an Icelandic stuff. name, huh? <laughs> No, yep. you were never going to be able to pronounce that. You were never going to be able to pronounce that. Nope. It's okay. Um, nope. <laughs> <laughs> like, let's think of, so the imperial name for whatever. So I'm guessing that like whenever this, this empire takes over places, because this man is very much like a man of the empire. Like mm-hmm. he's, he's a man of, you know, the, of the, 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 the capital city of the center of the empire. But so I'm guessing that this empire will rename places once they've been occupied so mm-hmm. it could have an imperial name and an original name and we could say the original name was you know some nordic bullshit that we can't pronounce because we're both just extremely like <laughs> extremely american <laughs> and its imperial name is something like uh fuck, i don't remember i don't have any of my old latin textbooks to look at either um let's just say it's like uh Something fjord. Uh, I was actually looking in, um, like, I was just looking for, like, a Latin name for, like, a, a Latin place of, like, a renamed, yeah. So, like, yeah, because they, they, den- they tend to be very, well, this is a, a very funny. Um, so, like, we could just use, like, a random Latin town name because, like, none of these places exist anymore. <laughs> like, Matrice. Like. There we go. Perfect. Oh, never mind. That's what Madrid was called for a while. Maybe not that one. Actually, mm-hmm. fuck it. Let's just call it Matrice because, like, it doesn't matter. It's not actually Madrid. I'm just stealing the name because it sounds fun. Half of these places don't even have, like, real places that they are anymore. That's so funny. Um, Yasa. There we go. Random name. I've been to the facility in Yasa. I've seen what was done there. I know firsthand what was done there. How could you? You know what they did to me. How could you be a part of that? And I think all pretense of ignorance just falls away and Tiberius takes a breath and sort of steadies himself before he meets Sabriel's eyes. And there's a glimmer of fear there. But Sabriel can recognize that it's not because of what Sabriel is doing right now. Like, this fear has nothing to do with Sabriel or even the situation. I don't know if Sabriel's going to recognize this in their current mental state. I'm going to be real. <laughs> that's that's fair. <laughs> I'm going to say that that's Sabriel's going to misinterpret this as fear of what Sabriel is threatening right now. Or maybe even fear that Sabriel has discovered it. Because I, I think we have we already gotten to um, to have I already gotten to tokens this episode? I don't remember. I don't remember either. Cool. Because that's definitely Sabriel revealing that he's or me revealing that my character is making an incorrect assumption here. Yeah, go ahead and take a token. Yeah, because like Sabriel is 100% convinced that like he is causing this fear. Mm-hmm. And Tiberius just says, You have no idea. You have no idea what's coming. If you knew what's coming, I dare say you would have done the same. Never. He's, he's like, his hands are shaking on his staff as he is continuing to hold it to Tiberius's chest. And he says, How dare you if you think for even a second that anything 
would make me work with the likes of them. You never really knew me at all. If Tiberius has nothing to say to that, like... I feel like this is a good point for for uh, Sabriel to set him on fire, honestly. A little bit, yeah. I was I was going to say, if he has nothing to say to that, Sabriel's probably just going to just gonna like whip the staff down towards the floor which sets his mentor and former lover ablaze yep 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 and then uh he's gonna walk out silhouetted by the light of the flames of the person who he once loved who betrayed him so utterly yep Yay! Yay! Whew. Where's Galador about all this? Um, I think Galador is just waiting outside, and like as the alarms start, you know, alarms start to be raised. You know, people shouting about the fire. The alarm uh, spells. Galador, <laughs> yeah, the alarm, the alarm bells. You know, magical klaxons. Exactly. Um, Galador's got a cloak, uh, slung over one arm, and when uh. Blade sees Sabriel approaching. Blade just like swings the cloak around Sabriel's shoulders and, you know, fastens it while they're walking together and just falls into step next to them. Oh my god. I think that immediately after the, like, like immediately once the cloak is slung onto Sabriel's shoulder, they're gonna grab a handful of it and use it to dash the tears out of their eyes. Like, wiping the tears off of their face that have been falling for, I mean, probably longer than they'd like to admit during this interaction. But not gonna, they're not gonna say anything. They're just gonna use the cloak to wipe, to, to wipe their own tears and leave quietly. Head down, hood up. <sighs> this poor bitch. Yeah. This dude is not okay. No. This is a game about about Sabriel's trauma. I'm super interested about Galador's backstory, though. I think I think a little. I w- I would love to see more of it in our like I guess final fourth episode, but also like we can also find more, out more about it in some of our future six part game. You know? Yeah. Um, I think. So I think the next episode should be our season finale, quote unquote, mm. because that's going to be the end of our session. Absolutely. I agree. Yeah. And I definitely want some of that to come out. We need mm. to we we need to reveal some secrets. Well, we have enough suspense to reveal both the childhood secrets and the world shaking ones now. Yeah. Honestly. So the season finale has no set episode structure and can be as long or as short as we want it to be. Uh, We take turns picking up threads from the season we want to wrap up and describe a scene in which we get some closure uh, and we keep going until we're satisfied and we're free to leave things hanging. And uh, I kind of think that, I don't know, I like where we left it, but at the same time, I kind of want to get into the bigger idea that there's something eldritch in the offing. Yeah. Because we didn't get like the we didn't kill God in this game, <laughs> you know. No, we're just we're just implying that a God's ready to kill us. Yeah, which I guess is a good setup for like the next game that I play with, or like like with like the next games in this sort of like series that we've got going. Mm-hmm. God, this poor bitch. This man has fucking trauma. I, I like think that the. <clears throat> Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say I like that. I finally got to explore a character like this. Yeah. And I like that the structure of this game lets us, like, do a lot with, like, big mysteries and secrets, and it's, like, it's really good. Mm-hmm. But it's not so good for, like, the, you know, world-ending secret comes to light and we start a revolution over it type stuff, you know? Or the, you know, we killed God kind of vibes. <laughs> yeah. I still and I think, think it's... okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's important that we're uncovering this plot thread to to yeah. pull on later. Yes, I, I agree. I like it. So I think maybe our season finale is a bottle episode. Mm. Um it's like just Galador and Sabriel on the road. I really like that. It's a great way of ending this. 
God, I wanna, I, I wanna just say fuck it because I want to reveal two secrets. But, Honestly, uh, like death of the author, just go for it. Yeah. So I think, I imagine. So let me pitch you this. Mm-hmm. Maybe we've stolen some uh, beasts of burden <laughs> to ride out of the capital with. What kind of fucked up animal are we riding? <laughs> Um, I've been playing some Final Fantasy recently, so my brain immediately goes to giant two-legged birds, but I don't want to go there, actually. That's valid. I mean, like, I also would connect that to, um, Avatar The Last Airbender's, like, ostrich horse-type creatures. Mm -hmm. So, like, there are more than just Final Fantasy that rides big fucking birds, and I think we can get away, I think we can get away with it. (laughs) Okay, okay. But, there are more than one reference to draw from when it comes to giant birds that we're riding. Yeah. So we're riding out of town. I don't think that Sabriel's necessarily said anything to Galador in the entire time since setting the fire. I don't think so either. I think Sabriel has been quietly wiping tears away, trying not to fucking collapse into a sobbing mess for the past like three hours. I think maybe it's maybe maybe it's time that they pulled off and, and like made camp for the night. Yeah. And Galador just kind of like looks at Sabriel for a moment and then says Oh god, what does Blade say? What does Blade say? I don't know that Blade knows what the relationship between Sabriel and Tiberius was. Can can Galador make an assumption based on Sabriel's reaction? That's a good point, yeah. Sabriel has been quietly crying for the past three hours as they ride out of town. <laughs> yeah. But in, like, kind of an angry, like, un- like, you know how when, like, you're trying really hard not to cry, but, like, it's happening anyways, and you're just sort of, mm-hmm. like, sniffling and wiping tears away and not saying anything? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Imagine that going on for three fucking hours. <laughs> like, how long do you have to be in that mental state to just keep doing that for so long? There's some history here. It's pretty obvious to say. Yeah. So what do they? What is? What does Blade say? I think Galador says, and it's very, very quiet, and possibly the softest tone that. Sabriel's ever heard Blade use. Whatever he meant to you, he's not worth these tears now. Sabriel makes a, another attempt to, like, wipe the tears away and sniff and goes, I don't see how you could possibly know that. But I suppose you're right. After what he's done, sort of looks off into the side, side, and is like, "You, you can like see them start to dissociate about this." Galador like sees the dissociation in the offing and like takes one of Sabriel's hands and kind of squeezes it and says, "What's done is done. The important thing is you are here now." And we are going to fix things. I think that Sabriel has Galador's hand in a fucking death grip immediately. Like, clinging desperately onto this lifeline that they are being thrown. (sighs) Just say, you can't promise that, but it means the world that you try, that you that you try so hard god i really want to go i really just want to go for like the most like messy emotional bitch decision here and spend (laughs) all of my spend all of my um like like spend three of my fucking suspense to have sabriel just like grab galador and like tears still pouring down his face like hard kiss 
Like, this is how Sabriel reveals, I have been in love with you this whole time, you dumb shit. <laughs> I mean, it is the season finale. It's the season finale. It's the cold open of the season finale, and I kind of like that. Because it's not like it happens at the end of the season finale. It's like, oh god, okay, they got there real fast in this episode. Where are they going to go from here? <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> wow, they got that one out of the way real quick. <laughs> yeah, fuck it, I'm doing that. Yeah, no. Um, Sabriel like, finishes up saying, you know, like, it means the world to me that you keep trying so hard. And then... Uh, I mean, he's just gonna, like, tug on the hand that he's holding in a death grip and, like, fucking use his other hand to grab the front of Galador's shirt and pull Blade into the, like, messiest, worst kiss possible. Mm-hmm. Because they are still, like, on the, like, like about to start sobbing and, like, cannot see past their own tears, but is trying to find Galador's mouth to kiss him. <laughs> To kiss Blade. I think there's just this moment of shock. And like, Galador doesn't move. But after a moment, Blade softens and like, uh, brushes a tear off of Sabriel's cheek with the the back of (gasps) Blade's knuckles and then pulls away and says, I am here for you in whatever capacity you need. But right now, I do not want you taking any actions that you will regret. I think Sabriel's gonna stomp his foot like a petulant little kid and go, I can't believe you think I would regret this. As though I haven't been holding back from it for, you know, Sabriel's looking back down at their at their own hands and like, like, like their own hands, which are like gripping Galador's shirt very tightly still they're still like like inches apart they have not moved that far apart here but I think that they're also going to lean into the hand on their cheek and maybe loosen a hand from you know looking down one hand over the hand on their cheek one hand still fisted in the front of your shirt and be like I promise I wouldn't regret it but if you need me to wait, I've waited long enough. I can wait a little longer. Galador, like, nods and closes Blade's eye for a moment and then says, While you were taking care of your business, I had a lead that I chased down myself, and I feel like it's only right that you should know. Sabriel's going to sort of blink the tears out of their eyes a little bit and sort of look down at Galador because again Sabriel's real fucking tall um look down at, at into Galador's eyes and say you know I can't say I was expecting that but do go on Galador says unfortunately you are not the only person with some history connected to what we're doing and if after I give you this information you no longer wish to travel with me I do understand but I feel it's only right that you know I think Sabriel's gonna sort of tighten their grip on the hand on their cheek and say what it's starting to worry me I won't lie but please just tell me Several years ago, well before you and I met, I was informed that my father had passed away. But there were some things that I saw referenced in the facility at the basement of the orphanage that made me curious about certain things, and Galador takes a long pause here. This is possibly the most hesitant that Sabriel has ever seen Blade and Blade says somehow I don't know how I'm not even really sure why well 
that's not entirely true. The why isn't important. The important thing is my father is not dead. My father is potentially alive and very well and has some connection to this Project Akanta. Sabriel's gonna take the other hand that was up until this point still resting on Galador's chest, basically, and use it to cup Galador's cheek and say, and why would that... Why... Why would you think that this would make me trust you any less that you were lied to? Galador kind of, like, smiles wryly and says, it's often said that the apple does not fall far from the tree. Bullshit. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But that simply doesn't factor in whatsoever. Not that I know particularly much about my family, but regardless, you are your own person. And one that I would not care less for, for knowing that you were lied to. And I think that Sabriel rests their foreheads together, not in trying to kiss, not in trying to kiss again, just sort of a soft, like, support. Mm Mm-hmm intimate without being kissy they're having a moment they are good for them yeah sorry my immediate brought went to intricate rituals (laughs) (laughs) the rituals i know they are intricate (laughs) jesus sorry (laughs) no you're fine i think i think maybe the next thing that we see is a montage of them traveling and making plans for trying to blow the lid off of this. Hell yeah. I mean, so I guess the plans to blow the lid off of it most likely involve finding anybody from our revolution uh, and having them distribute this information that we've found. What happens to the children who go missing? what is done to them yeah. what they're what the what the plans are for them and i think we've been sort of alluding to these things a lot in this in this sort of whole series of ours but i'm ready to just sort of talk about it cuz it's not really i don't know is this revealing my secret too eh go for it i mean we've been we've talked around it we've talked around it plenty yeah so basically What my sort of ideas for this were was that children are either taken from their parents or taken from God knows there's enough orphans of war after an invasion and brought in and experimented on and infused with this, what do we call it? Ether? Yes. Which is a magic, a a, a magical rich mineral dissolved in the hot water of of the springs. So when it cools down to even body temperature, it precipitates out in the body as these crystals of ether. And a mage imbued with this is much more powerful in both the imperial style of magic and also in the sort of local style of magic. And this allowed them to create basically an army of hyper-powerful mages, adult mages who have gone through their whole university system, who are so much stronger than any, but anything that anybody has ever seen before, all with the purpose of summoning or of, of whatever the stuff that you've come up with is like, that's sort of the backstory that I was coming up with in my head of like, they needed adult, exceptionally powerful mages. And this is how they were doing it. And these experiments that Sabriel was a part of as a child gave him that, like, like made him this sort of like, glass cannon that he is where he can without thinking about it turn a human being into mincemeat in a second (laughs) um like he did at the beginning of our what second episode (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) like that's not normal 
a normal amount of magic is like lighting candles. Like magic is not this concentrated in this world until these experiments. That is why, and he is the only mage that is using that to try to fight back. And that's why he's become this such, such a powerful figure in this revolution is because he's the only one with this sort of power that's fighting for the people. So yeah, that's the, that's the sort of idea I came up with because we hadn't actually discussed it out loud on the podcast or at all because I came up with half of that while we were playing. Um, <laughs> I just wanted to sort of like lay that all out so that we can figure out what we're doing with it in the season finale. But I think part of it is, is like, publishing pamphlets with this information like this mm-hmm. is what has been done to our children now adults i think sabriel was like part of the pilot program for this part of the initial like attempts to create this he came out even more powerful than those that they're churning out now with the children that they've got when they now that they've per- perfected the procedure so he's uh got a lot of trauma and his He's got too much ether in his body, which is why it sort of bursts out of him occasionally. The magic. Makes sense. Yeah. So that's that's Sabriel. <laughs> Tell me about Project Acantha. Yeah, so I think mixed in with with this is also us kind of like tugging at the string of Project Acantha. Mm-hmm. Which is I think we see that it's the code name for a means of trying to remember how we were talking about we weren't sure if it was going to be uh like trying to to intentionally summon an eldritch creature on friendly terms or on not friendly terms. I think it's one of those things where it's implied that they're going to try to subjugate the eldritch creature. Yeah. I wanted to put it like, do we want to fight God or do we want to enslave God and make them fight for us? Yeah, it's I think it's an enslave God scenario. Yeah. I want to know why that means that Tiberius like like I, I think it's fascinating that Tiberius chose to work with those who were trying to summon God to enslave God to fight for us in that case. And I think that's super, super interesting. The implications of you don't know what's coming and you would have done what I did. When, like, the answer is, no, I wouldn't, you piece of shit. Yeah. Uh, but No, I, yeah. Think, I think it comes down to one of those cases of, like, Tiberius felt like it was a situation of, like, either we try to enslave God or this God's going to kill us all. I see. I don't think that's necessarily the I case, but... I, I think don't it's think very so interesting. Either. Yeah, that's but that's an interesting character motivation, and I I can totally understand it. I still fucking hate the guy, but oh yeah, I get it. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, what a no, dipshit. That, but that was the angle I was going for there. But I love it. I love it. Um. So, where do we go next with these boys? They're not. Neither of them are boys. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> it's it's just habit. It's I true. know how you feel. It's true. Yeah. Neither of these characters are boys, but like, like, like spiritually in, in like a, in sort of a cosmic sense, these are our boys. Yeah. No, I, <laughs> I feel you. I think, I think they end up going their separate ways temporarily. They have to, like they Galador. To. Something splits us up. Yeah. Galador is going to continue trying to to find more information i think while sabriel is continuing to lead the revolution yeah so sabriel definitely is like gonna go out there and like mobilize people like oh we know this is happening now like mm-hmm. we have to do something about it yeah and i think that's where that's where uh sabriel's going to find himself when we pick up with him again Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is is in the middle of, you know, rallying the people. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot. God, I hate that like like that like Galador and Sabriel didn't didn't get to get together yet, but they both know now. But, you know, in another time, in another world we would, but not here and not this world, not this time. Not yet anyway. Not yet. 
tragic. Well, I mean, when it ends up happening, it's not going to be this world or this time. That's true. That's true. Yeah. God, I love these characters. This this rules. It's good shit. It's good shit. And we just did our sort of after show of our season finale. Yeah. In that breakdown there. You know, in the middle of our season finale, we did our after show and then we went back to like, and then here's the episode, how how's the finale ends. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's do outros. Let's do outros. Um, I've been August. You can find me on Twitter at HarpyDora. You can find the games that I've written at harpydora.itch.io. Uh, you can find the podcast at FTLcast on Twitter, FTLcast.com or Patreon.com slash FTLcast. And playing with me today has been my lovely co-host, Sam. It's me, Sam. Uh, I've been Sam. You can find me on Twitter at SAKalo. And you can find my portfolio website at www.samkalo.art. It was cheaper than .com by orders of magnitude. And uh, yeah, thank you for listening. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed our non-gendered boys. <laughs> yep. Our romp. Our little uh, emotional uh, emotional adventure there. Our little meow meows. Our poor, poor little meow meows. <laughs> I hate myself for saying that. Let's no, clap. you're so right. Okay, let's clap. <laughs> It's August, and I just wanted to thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed us, please consider leaving a rating on your podcast platform of choice, telling your friends about us, or tweeting about us using the FTLcast hashtag. We are also part of a nonprofit podcasting guild called Standing Stones Productions. We do a variety of shows, including The Room Where It Happened and Dumb Kids Playing Hero, two actual play shows, and a Steven Universe discussion podcast called Gay Space Rocks. We also do live streams at twitch.tv slash standingstonesprod. You can keep up with everything that we do on Twitter at stones underscore standing. Unfortunately, Standing Stones was already taken. Your support means a lot. Thanks again!